how do you deal with anger and emotions and teaching your children how to juggle those? Because they're a part of life. This is a difficult topic and we're going to be talking about it today. Stay tuned. Welcome to the American Mothers Mom to Mom podcast, a show that lifts, encourages, supports, and educates mothers to do their best in their awesome responsibility to raise, teach, and champion the rising generation. Join us as we talk to and answer questions from mothers nationwide about the challenges, heartbreaks, joys, and lessons learned from one mother to another. Hello and welcome to another episode of the American Mothers Mom to Mom podcast. I'm your host, Tamara K. Anderson and Deanne Taylor. And we are so excited to be talking to you today about another critically important topic that we've had mothers asking about. How do you deal with teaching children how to manage their anger and emotions, because it's part of something we deal with not only as children, but as adults as well. What do you think, Deanne? What is one of the important things that we can teach children in this? We talked about the importance of example. Mm. And I think, first of all, we as mothers need to recognize what level of issue we have with anger. Mm. I, I have now at my stage of life, I don't feel like I have anger issues as much as I did when I was dealing with young children. But along with that, you have the frustration, the stress, the anxiety, the expectation, and all those things that you think are so critical that you have to maintain to be a good mom, a good contributor in your workforce or in society. There's so many more issues to deal with than just the anger that we need Mm -hmm. to recognize in ourselves and how to prioritize those or how to, if you're angry, what's causing the frustration, Mm. the disappointment, something that you thought someone was expecting you to do, but you didn't, so they're disappointed in you. There's a lot of things that we need to realize that cause anger in ourselves, because that will help us understand what's causing our children to be angry. You've brought up some really good points here. And, And one of them is, first of all, realizing that Um, we're all going to deal with different emotions. And I know that I've read several children's books through the years. I think children's literature has come a long ways as far as teaching skills. And I've read several books which talk about the different emotions and how they're just a part of all of us and how there's anger, there's sorrow, there's sadness, there's grief. And, And teaching children that these are part of the vocabulary that they can use to describe how they're feeling. Because we can't always control how we're feeling, but we can control how we react about those feelings, right? I think that's important to know. Yeah. And so I think as parents and as children, if this is something that you're dealing with, depending upon the age of your child, finding age appropriate books, and then having discussions about, okay, hey, you're, you're dealing with a lot of sadness or stress or anger and reading books about that. Go to your local library, check them out. If you find a good one, you can even ask your librarian to request it, or maybe you end up buying a book for your family so that you can read it on a consistent basis and practice learning 
I think you need to have the vocabulary first before you teach them how to then deal with it. Do you know, they need to know that this feeling I'm feeling, ah, this is anger, you know? <laughs> right. And I think you're right. There's also not just technical books about anger, or all the emotions that we can deal with, but there's also many child appropriate fiction stories mm. where the character deals with fear or you know, that's something else. Are they angry because they're fearful of something? I think if you can figure out how to talk about your emotions, that's how you can help your children recognize and talk about their emotions. And it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's important to talk about emotions. I think we've talked before that talking about emotions is not in our vocabulary. Yeah. Something else, I really love it too when I hear mothers say, tell me in words, Ooh. use your words. Use your words to help me understand mm -hmm. because that way they have to think about what they're feeling. Use your words. Mm -hmm. And I think that applies to us as adults too. Use mm. your words. <laughs> in fact, one of the mothers years ago, Donna, that was a great friend of mine in American Mothers, she passed away, but she said, I had a special friend that I could talk to if I had an issue with anger or whatever, I could talk to her and she would just listen to me. She wouldn't solve the problem but should let me vet just get it out but she says when I didn't have that I wrote it down mm. I could just get it out of my system mm -hmm. and uh, another thing that Barbara Winkle from from Oregon points out that anger is one letter away from danger and if we let anger overtake us we can get physical and we can react in ways that don't make us happy or anybody mm -hmm. happy. Something else Barbara said is, you can choose whether to respond in anger or however you respond. You, you have a choice. He said it's very evident when you're discussing something heatedly with your family or your child, and the phone rings, and you answer the phone, and all of a sudden it's, sweet, hi, hello. <laughs> yes. My children laughed at me when I would be doing something, you know, having to control one situation, another child would come in with a totally different attitude. And I could turn to them and go, well, how was your day? You know, mm -hmm. it, we can control if we want to. Yeah. But I think it's important to know why we're at that point. Yeah. So I think you hit on something really important there, teaching calm down strategies. I like the things that you talked about, learning to talk it out maybe write it out for children, sometimes drawing a picture of how they're feeling, like a little bit of art therapy, All right. draw a picture of how you're feeling. Maybe they're old enough that they can journal, especially if they're teens, giving them a place to vent on paper, sometimes playing an instrument or pounding something physical. I know that for a while we had a punching bag in our basement and sometimes teenage boys, man, go pound that thing. <laughs> you know, I have, yeah, I those hormones that are cranking through their body, go, go get <laughs> some of that out or go outside. I had one that just wanted to go outside and shoot baskets to calm down. So finding calming down strategies that work for your child. I know that especially having children on the autism spectrum, and these are things that they went to social skills classes and learned some of these techniques. And I remember one coming home with a binder and it had calm down strategies that he was going to use at 
school when he got frustrated or angry and talked about visualizing yourself blowing air into your body, like breathing it in and then kind of being like a balloon and holding it for a little bit and then letting it out. And so teaching children strategies when I'm feeling angry, these are some of the things that we can try and see, do any of these things work for you? And interestingly enough, as you learn these things to help your child, you might find that some of them actually work for you. That's true. That's true. I found a strategy that worked for me. I had one daughter who for a long time had anger issues and it was a new experience for me mm-hmm. to deal with this because she was young. She was not even 10 years old yet and mm-hmm. she would get so angry. She'd black out. Really? Yeah. And I'm thinking what's going on here? I have no idea. We went to therapy and the wise therapist in front of my husband and daughter and me says, well, mom, it's your fault. She's having these issues because of you. And I'm going, where'd that come from? Mm. Well, she got better. But years later, she told me, mom, when I heard that man say that, I knew he was wrong because you had done everything you could possibly figure out to do to help me. And I realized at that point it was something I had to work on myself. Mm. So I admire her for that. But also it helped us recognize other ways to handle that. I got mm. to the point that, okay, you know, I need to think about this before we talk about it anymore, especially when she was really at that point when she was having those issues. I've got to think about this. We'll talk about it later. Then I would go into my room so I could just meditate, ponder, pray, whatever, to decide how can I handle the situation. At mm. the same time, she was going to her room. Yeah, and you can't talk about a, this right now. Yeah. yeah, that's a strategy too. Sometimes, especially when they're teenagers, especially if you're disappointed in them or they did something that was totally off the wall, but oh, I thought he'd never do that. Mm-hmm. It's good to say, you know what? Let's talk about this later. Mm-hmm. We both need okay. a break. Um, let's pause. Okay. Take it some time so we can each calm down. I think that is a wonderful strategy. And what's interesting is, as we teach this to our children as children or young adults or youth, that they can then take those strategies and um, employ them to help them be better at managing their emotions when they're adults, right? Right. So I, I totally agree that being able to say, you know what, maybe we need to take a break and we'll come back and talk about this at a time when we're both more calmed down is good. I have one friend who I learned a cute strategy from. She would reach a point where she was so frustrated with her kids that she said, you know what, mommy needs to go to timeout for a little bit. (laughs) Because sometimes as a parent, you're just like, I need a break. <laughs> right. You say exactly. mommy is going to time out for a few minutes because mommy needs some time. And so you can even describe that to young children. And I think that by showing them that it's okay, look, mom gets frustrated too. And I know that one of the things that my parents, one of my parents in particularly modeled very well was saying sorry. And so if they got angry and yelled or something like that, they would always come back and apologize and say, you know what, that was uncalled for. And I'm so sorry, please forgive me. And I think that the fact that they modeled that made it easier for me as a child to be able to learn to say, I'm sorry, 
and apologize. So I think that applies not just anger issues or anger situations, but any situations. We're not perfect. No. And I feel sorry for the kids who think their parents are perfect because that is a level of expectation that they will never attain. Yeah. And they will always feel less than, which mm -hmm. we never want our children to feel less than, no matter yeah. what issue we're dealing with. We talked about independence last week and whatever, as they grow in independence and, and as they grow and develop, we need to make sure that they understand that where they are is a good place. Mm -hmm. And we we support them in their growth, emotional growth or whatever. We're going to take a quick break, but when we get back, we're going to give you more tips and strategies for helping you and your child learn to manage anger. Stay tuned. On behalf of all the volunteers here on the American Mothers Mom to Mom podcast, we want to thank those who have donated to help make this a reality. If you feel like you can help maintain this podcast, please go to www.americanmothers.org slash donate and give what you can to help us continue the podcast. We enjoy bringing these to you every week and connecting with you mom to mom. Welcome back. We have been discussing how to deal with anger. And I thought we'd kick this second half of the discussion off by sharing some of the tips that we've gotten from other mothers around America on how they help their children or themselves deal with anger. Deanne, why don't you share some of those? Okay. Gail from Arizona said, the sound of my children quarreling and fighting used to arouse my disposition. And soon she'd be at the point to be right in the middle fighting with them. Then she decided to follow a suggestion made by one of her friends in American Mothers. Whenever I heard the children fighting, I would begin singing a song and the fighting would soon cease. Then she says, well, maybe it was because they didn't want to hear my voice. <laughs> you know, that's a good one. And my parents actually employed that one. I come from a very musical family. And I remember that if we started fighting or arguing and we were all very open and our home and very vocal about how we were feeling. And my parents would start singing a hymn that they have in our church called let us off speak kind words to each other. And because we were all so musical we would end up singing. And by the end of the first or second verse, we weren't fighting anymore and our voices had calmed down. So music can be a powerful tool that you can play, whether you're musical or not. Maybe you have a playlist on your phone where you can push play and maybe it's happy music or calming music and decide what is appropriate for your family. Because even just playing music can change the whole mood of your home. That's true. In our home, I play the piano. And one of our favorite songs is Moonlight Sonata. Mm. And that was kind of a rule in our house that when mother was playing Moonlight Sonata, it was quiet <laughs> because their dad loved this song. And so that's what I would do. If it got out of hand, I would go start playing that song. And they knew by rule that they had to be quiet. Mm. So another mother suggested that if the children were fighting, she'd bring in a game and require the two to play the game for at least 10 minutes before they resume their discussion. Mm. Discussion in quotes, you know. Yeah. That was very effective too. Just mm. distract them, get them involved in doing something together. Mm -hmm. Some mothers I've heard say, I just make them hug. <laughs> or sit well, on the couch together and hold hands or something. Because you can't be angry, even with your spouse or your partner. If you're holding hands, that anger dissipates really quick. Mm. 
My mom used to send us to our room uh, together and we couldn't come out until we'd apologize to each other. <laughs> uh, that, that was kind of hard time. because we would sit and stare daggers at each other from across the room. But eventually <laughs> you're like, dang it, I just want to get out of here. Now, you probably couldn't do that with two teenage boys because they would probably oh. beat each other up. So I think it really depends <laughs> on the scenario um, and the children that you have. So you know what? Getting ideas from different people and just asking your friends, what do you do? when your children are angry, you'll probably get a whole bunch of different ideas because different people have had to learn to handle different children differently. I know with our children, one of our sons who has low functioning autism, screaming and crying was one of his triggers that would set him just off. And he would get very, very angry if somebody else was crying or yelling. He was kind of our thermometer for mm -hmm. uh, the mood in our home almost. So if somebody got upset or was crying, one of us would take Nathan in the other room and one of us would go deal with the child who was having the issue because we couldn't have them in the same room or it would just escalate quickly. And so different strategies are going to work differently for different families. You've just got to figure out what's right for you. Absolutely. Some people say create an anger thermometer, but you had a built-in one. Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> he was definitely our anger thermometer. It's interesting. Different families have to have different strategies. And you just learn to figure out what's right for you and what works for you. Another thought was is teaching parents not to always give in to tantrums. And I know that's that's something, especially as a parent of a nonverbal adult or a mostly nonverbal adult, sometimes he throws tantrums because he doesn't want to do something. And I have to be stubborn right back and just say, just because you're throwing a tantrum doesn't mean we're not going to do it. We've got to do, we've got to go to the dentist or we've got to go to the doctor and you're coming, whether you throw the tantrum or not. So sometimes children throw these tantrums because they're trying to say, I don't want to do this right now, but they have to. And so being able to communicate with them and kind of stand strong as a parent, you know, I know you're throwing this fit, but sometimes we got to do things that we don't want to do and helping them move through that. Sometimes they use it as a try to manipulate us <laughs> thing. Right. Even my son with autism, he's sneaky about how he throws his tantrums now because he's 23, you know? And so he knows that if sometimes if I throw a tantrum, mom's going to give in. And that's honestly, sometimes I do because I don't have the energy to deal with it. And other times I'm like, this is something you have to do. And whether you're going to throw the tantrum or not, we're doing it, you know? And so right, right. you got to learn to fight I your have, battles, right? I'll take it to a four-year-old tantrum. I was watching my grandchildren a couple of weeks ago, and one of them, I made meatballs with spaghetti, mm -hmm. and he didn't want the meatball. So I cut one in half and said, eat half meatball, and that's all you have to eat. And then you can have your ice cream. He decided he was not going to eat that. And I go, well, then you don't get ice cream. And he was just beside himself. He was <laughs> so upset. I mean, really he's the cutest little boy. It's so hard to stay firm. <laughs> yes. But I just said, okay, that's just the way it is. And this is grandma speaking. I don't know what mom does, but this is grandma and I don't give into this. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry. So I went to the other room and pretty soon he came in and said, grandma, I licked the meatball. It was good. I go, you licked the meatball. <laughs> and I'm thinking straight face. <laughs> okay did you eat it no but I licked it can I have dessert now 
And then his older sister came in and she's really, really good with him. She's 13. And she says, if you want ice cream, you need to go eat your meatball, take a bite. So he went back and sat at the table a little bit longer. And I says, he licked it. What should I give him? I mean, he did something for it. So what do you think? He says, well, let him, let him give a lick of ice cream. <laughs> That's brilliant. So I said, okay, you lick the meatball. Let's go get the ice cream. So I got a little ice cream, just a little bit on the spoon. Now you can lick the spoon. What? I want ice cream. Well, you lick the meatball, you can lick the spoon. You eat the meatball, you can eat the ice cream. And you eat the meatball. So you're right there. Learning not to give into tantrums, I think, is a key one, but it's a parenting skill too. I mean, oh, it is. Ooh, ooh. those it's, are tricky a, situations, right? It's a battle of wit. Sometimes. Yes. <laughs> and uh, and you just have to be smarter than a four-year-old. <laughs> or a 23-year-old. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tricky. Parenting is not for wimps, right? <laughs> no. Well, and then one thing is also follow through with consequence, which I try mm-hmm. to do with the meatball. Mm-hmm. And that seems like a silly one, but I think it shows an example. I think consequences need to be set ahead of time. Mm. And consequences are not always negative. Like mm-hmm. if you do a chore, you get this reward. If you don't do a chore, you get this reward. And your consequence is positive or negative depending on your action, mm-hmm. which happens in life. Oh, yeah. No how you act determines your reward. Mm-hmm. And so if they do their chore, what's their reward? If they don't do their chore, what is their reward? I hate to use consequence in both, but it's a positive consequence or a negative consequence. Mm-hmm. You use it in your home how you want to use it. Yeah. No, I think you've hit on some very good things. We've talked about how feelings are normal, just bringing that vocabulary into your children. We've talked about developing a calm down plan. You can either write that out or maybe put a picture of it or or find something online. Teaching children those skills that will help them calm down. We've talked about not giving into tantrums when your children are tantruming, having positive and negative consequences, but following through with what you have established as rules. And I think the final one, I think we should just quickly touch on is the importance of avoiding violent media, because there's so much of that in our society today, whether it's movies or video games, and that will influence the anger levels in your home. What do you think, Deanne? Well, I think that's true. And when I started really evaluating the cartoons we used to watch or my children used to watch, I go, whoa, Coyote and the Roadrunner were not nice. (laughs) True, right? (laughs) Also, I remember Dick Van Dyke. Okay, this this is dating me, I know. But I remember Dick Van Dyke episode where he was showing humor in a school situation. And they weren't laughing at or understanding the humor until he put his hand on the desk and then he slipped off and hit his head on the desk. Mm. It was all planned for his performance, but then they laughed. So why are you laughing at someone in pain? Mm. So we need to be aware of what is the reaction to the media or whatever that they're watching. And there are a lot of violence programs and yeah. violent video games. Yeah, but and, they yeah. have to be age appropriate. Well, and I think teaching children that what you're consuming affects you. 
And that's one of the things that I think is just a wonderfully good skill to teach children is that if you're consuming something on media, be prepared that if it's violent, if you're shooting other people or something like that, that's probably not something you want to be experiencing because it's going to get you stressed. I know I've seen some of my boys get very emotional after they've quote unquote lost a game. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, this becomes real to them. If they're Mm -hmm. participating in video games, it becomes real to them. And so that can drastically affect their emotions. So having those discussions with your children about making sure that they bring in media that is positive and maybe setting rules. Okay. These are the parameters of what we will allow in our home, because we want you to feel like you're more in control of your emotions. And as you watch this, some of these media that they have going on, it's going to impact you negatively. So being able to have those discussions in your home and set good parameters for your family and stuff like that. So, oh, well, I think this has been a good discussion (laughs) about anger and anger management and Basically, just follow your impressions as a parent. Sometimes you may need to learn skills with different children because you've never parented that child at that age before. So don't be afraid to get help. Be like Deanne, maybe go to a therapist. Hopefully you find one that doesn't blame you. (laughs) (laughs) But find the solutions that will work for your family in your unique situation because we each have unique children. The mission of American Mothers is to educate, inspire, and recognize mothers through programs that teach, support, and honor mothers, empowering them to positively impact their families and communities. I have enjoyed being with American Mothers since 1976. It has been a real positive influence in my life, not only as a mother, but also as a person and working with other mothers. I personally invite you to join with us as we work together to build mothers and our families. Go to AmericanMothers.org to find out more about the organization and please click join. We welcome you to join us mom to mom. Be sure to join us next week for more of your questions answered here on the American Mothers Mom to Mom podcast. My name is October Allen. I am the 2022 Mother of the Year for the state of Minnesota. So I think my motherhood journey has changed because I'm a perfectionist. I like expectation. I like knowing what I'm walking into. And initially when I was a young mother, I thought that I could mold my children into who I wanted them to be. I wanted my daughter to be a school teacher and I wanted my son to be in the military. And the more I pushed for that, the more resistance I got. And when I surrendered and accepted them for who they were and their giftings, and I truly got to know who they were, I felt this peace. And now as they get a little bit older, I'm finding that I would have stifled their abilities if I would have tried to mold them in who I wanted them to be. And now they are happy and healthy and wonderful. And I'm so grateful that I learned that midway parenting. so much for listening to today's show. If you like what you heard, subscribe so you can get your weekly dose of mom to mom encouragement. We understand that being a mother can be overwhelming, but we hope that you found something useful you can apply to your own life. 
we invite you to share this episode with a friend who might also enjoy the message. The mission of American Mothers is to support mothers, empowering them to positively impact their families and communities. We want each one of you to discover and share your innate, inherent, and natural abilities to bless your children and others. The primary purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. The views, information, or opinions expressed during the American Mothers Mom to Mom podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of American Mothers Incorporated, its members or employees. AMI is not responsible for, nor does it verify the accuracy of the information contained in the podcast, nor does the series constitute any professional advice or services. We look forward to visiting with you one mom to another next week. Until then, just do your best at mothering and remember you're not alone. You've got an army of mothers all around you cheering you on.